the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus said, take courage. I've overcome this world. So if there's anyone that should not be fearful and afraid, it's the believer. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now let's start our Core Truth study in the book of James chapter 5. I entitled this message, One Day. Yes, one day it will all be said and done. Life as we know it will come to an end. We don't like to talk about that, but nonetheless, the facts are the facts. One out of every one person will die one day. No one gets out of it. Last week in James chapter 4, we were told that our lives are like a vapor that we're here for a moment only to vanish away. And in the scope of eternity, that's true. Because even if we were to live to be, what, 100 years old, which not too many people make that milestone. But if we were to live to be 100 years old, it's like our life would be like a vapor compared to eternity. Millions upon millions of years. It's like you're a drop in the bucket for eternity. Well, if that's all true, then it only makes sense to really consider just how and what we do in this life. John D. Rockefeller was one of the wealthiest men who have ever lived on planet Earth. And after he died, someone asked, how much money did he leave? And guess what the answer was? He left it all. He didn't take any with him. There wasn't a bank's truck, you know, that was hauling a boatload of money. Let's get a train to haul all the money with him. No, he left it all. We will leave everything. We will leave the clothes on our back. We put clothes on on a corpse in a coffin, but those stay in the coffin. The spirit leaves the body and it goes. And it's just like, we can't take anything with us. But before anybody leaves it all, they first spend a lifetime collecting it all. And some people will collect the most bizarre things. One casino owner paid $28,000 for a grilled cheese sandwich on eBay because the image looked like the Virgin Mary's face on it. But how do they know it looked like the Virgin Mary's face? The Bible never tells us what Mary looked like. You know, what if the grilled cheese really looked like, you know, Lady Gaga with a veil on? I mean, we, we don't know, you know. So, but yeah, some people have collected some pretty strange things. At one point, Nicolas Cage bought a dinosaur skull for $276,000. A few years later, it proved to be stolen, so he had to return it for free. Oops. He also bought a $450,000 Lamborghini from the Shah of Iran. I hope that wasn't stolen too. And he did all of this 
while he owed millions in taxes. I guess it's all the same for the rich and the famous and everyone else. There's two things you just cannot escape from. That's paying your taxes and dying. It's going to happen to all of us. And some people want to see others die sooner than later. It was Lady Astor of England that said to Winston Churchill, the prime minister during World War II, she says, if you were my husband, I would poison your coffee. His reply, because he didn't like her, he said, if you were my wife, I would drink it. (laughs) Yes, we all have to go one day, and some plan to go in style, like a Swedish chocolate salesman, uh, you know, listen to what he wanted, quote, to be buried in a coffin made entirely of chocolate. So guess what? That's what they did. They built him a chocolate coffin. But Lonnie Holloway was not to be overdone by that. You know, Lonnie was an avid car collector. And when he died at 90 years old, he wanted to be buried in his Pontiac Catalina. Isn't that a little weird? You go to a a funeral and and they got a hole the size of a swimming pool (laughs) and a crane picks up the Pontiac Catalina. There's Lonnie behind the wheel. (laughs) It's like... Oh, that's just a little creepy. But anyway, moving on here. Uh, But on a serious note, how we live and the decisions that we make on a daily basis, guess what? They matter. They matter in the here and now. And according to the Bible, they will matter in the life hereafter also. And know this, there is a life hereafter. In fact, the Bible says we will all stand in the presence of God one day, and we will have to give an account of our lives to him, whether it's good or bad. And that's why the Bible talks so much about how we live our lives in the here and now. Again, this is why James, the author of this book, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gave us clear direction on this subject. We were told last week not to love the present world order, meaning do not love the world and all the things that can draw us away from keeping our focus on Jesus, but rather we are to draw close to God and resist the things that are evil. For those things that are bad will always, always cost us. Remember, no matter how much fun sin might be, and make no mistake about it, sin can be fun for a season, for a while. I mean, if sin wasn't so fun, we wouldn't have a problem with it, but it can be alluring. It can be enticing to us. It, it tickles our fancies inside, and we're drawn. Yet one day, that time will always come to an end. No matter how much fun you're having in sin, there'll be a price to pay eventually. As you remember from last week, we were told to humble ourselves before the living God. Then at that point, he would then lift us up. It sounds so easy, yet many simply refuse to obey what God has told us to do. For they are convinced that they have a better plan for their life than what God has for them. But we must never forget that our plans are never even close to as good as God's plans that he has for us. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but its end is the way of death. 
It's, it's like the end will always break. It's never going to be what you think it's going to be. So the point is obvious. God's plan for us is way better than the plans that we make for ourselves. Now, today, we will all be encouraged on how we live in this life. For how we live in this life is directly going to affect our next life when we get into heaven. We're all encouraged to simply pray, Lord, if it's your will, your will over mine. If the Lord will, see, if we prayed every prayer like that, Lord, I pray for this and I want this and I think I need this, but your will be done, not mine. If we really mean that, that's the best prayer you could ever pray. Yes, what is God's will for our lives? I have learned over the years that when I heed what the Bible says over what I desire, I am so much better off. Why is that? Because there is a God in heaven and he loves us and he desires to really know us. He desires to have a personal relationship with us. I mean, think about how crazy that is. The, the creator of the universe and in his plan and in his desire that he has preordained for you and for me, he's grounded and wrapped it around his eternal plan and knowledge that he has purposed for all humanity. So we have a little piece to play in God's eternal plan for all of humanity, as crazy as that sounds. So yes, in the midst of the chaos that surrounds us here in America, in the midst of the political upheaval that we see in our country today, with crime and inflation that is growing at an unprecedented rate, God's eternal plan has never wavered. He told us all this would happen. So nothing has changed from God's eternal plan. He still desires to see all repent and find forgiveness for their sins. He still desires us to be refreshed from the guilt and the shame that can hang over our lives from the sins that we commit. Understand, God never wanted our relationship with him to be based on some dead religion. Just like, oh, be a comatose in a church and just go do your religious duty and go home. No, when you come to church, he wants to move us. He wants to move inside of us. He wants to change us. If there's sin in our life, he wants to drive it out. He doesn't want you to be part of some dead religion doing some religious good deeds or what have you. God wants to move actively in our life. He's always wanted and desired us to have a real relationship that's filled with his joy and his peace. That's why Jesus, when speaking of his earthly departure in John chapter 14, went on to say in verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. See, when the world gives us peace, it's only for a moment. Hey, you want a trip to Disneyland, and you can go all day with your whole family for free. Oh, I'm so happy. Then the day's over. You want a two-week trip to Tahiti. You can go and you'll have, you have a, a place right on the water where it's got a glass bottom floor. You see the fish swimming underneath your feet while you're taking a shower, which could be weird. But anyway, it's like, you know, all of these things, like, oh, this is great. And then you get home and you walk up. What's all these packages? Misery, defeat, your difficulty. It's like, yes, all your problems are waiting for you after you got back from your escape vacation. 
So it's like, you know, the world's peace is always temporary. Oh, I love this new car. It's so awesome. And then you're eating a, a burrito from Tito's and it tips over in your seat and you say, oh, and the cheese is stringing all over your seat and like, oh, this is not going to work. It's like everything is temporary. But he says, my peace I give to you. Therefore, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be fearful. Now, why would Jesus tell us to not be troubled and to not be fearful? Because he knew that in this world, there would be a lot of things that would trouble us and there'd be things that would scare us and cause us to be fearful, right? Was he not right? Let's not forget what he said later in the gospel of John, two chapters later in John 16, 33, Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, hardship, hurricanes going through your life. But be of good courage because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So no, no matter what's falling apart around us, and trust me, there's a lot falling apart around us as our southern border is just wide open, 200,000 people coming in a, a, you know, a, a month you know, uh, illegally. It's like you're thinking like, well, they should have a better place to live. Well, okay, but I'm just saying 100 to 200,000 people a month. Who's paying all the bills here? Who's going to pay for all the medical? Who's paying for I mean, it's just, there's just going to be problems that come out of this. And it's just like, it's just more problems that we already have problems upon problems already. There's already crime skyrocketing. All these people, some people don't get jobs. What are they going to do? Crime. It's like, it's, crime's going to go up more. It's like all of these things. We've got some serious problems. But Jesus said, take courage. I've overcome this world. So if there's anyone that should not be fearful and afraid, it's the believer. It's the believer. It's you and me. Now, as, look, as we look into James chapter 5, God once again gives us some down-to-earth instruction on how we are to live our lives in the here and now. So we're going to look at three points in light of our title, One Day. Number one, being examined. God examines every single person in every category of life. Number two, being judged. God will judge every single person in every category of life. And number three, be patient. Oh, Jesus is coming back. Oh, it's getting, it's getting gloom outside. It's getting overcast. The clouds are rolling in. Storm clouds are getting ready to storm down. But Jesus is coming back, so be patient. Well, let's consider our first point, being examined as we read together, starting in, well, James chapter 5, verse 1, because we finished chapter 4 last week. So verse 1 of James 5 says, Come now, you rich. He's going to pick on those that have a lot of money. Weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you and consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. Now we might think, well, some of us might think, well, I'm not rich, so this has nothing to do with me. Okay, I'm off to hook on this study. Uh, no. Because it's the principle that can affect the rich and the poor. So as you can see, this is some harsh language here. But know this, as God examines those with money and maybe those with the love of money, maybe you don't have it, but you sure got the love for the money. He's not condemning them. He's not condemning those who made, uh, you know, a lot of money. What he's condemning is those who have made money their God. See, so now you realize 
oh, well, this can actually be anybody because it's like you don't have to have a lot of money to make money your God, okay? For there have been many over the years that have faithfully supported the work here of God at Core Church Los Angeles. So there's been some that have had a lot of money and this isn't talking to them because they're very good stewards of their money. In fact, they've supported us so much. That's why we've been able to continue the great work of God because of the faithful giving of God's people that did not make money their God. They were stewards of what God had given them. You know, we're told it's good to save money to be a good steward of your finances. In fact, it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 14, that parents should save for their children. And we're told in 1 Timothy 5, it says that if we do not provide for our own families, so if we're not a good steward of the money that God has given us and provide for our own families, we're worse than an infidel. We're worse than some heathen dog, the Bible says. But the people here that James is addressing are those who were consumed with the love of money. How much money was enough for them? Just a little bit more. That's, isn't that how it always goes? It could be said that they didn't possess their money. Their money possessed them. Remember, the Bible says and tells us in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, for the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pain. Yes, we have to clarify this. Money itself is not evil. It's the love of money that's evil. We are told in Ecclesiastes 2 again that it's good for a man or a woman to work hard and enjoy the fruit of their labor. So listen, if you're a hard worker, you do your job as under the Lord and man, you, you have money, you have savings, good for you. And you should be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor. You should be able to drive a nicer car. You should be able to go on a nice vacation. There's nothing wrong with that. But as we can see in 1 Timothy 6, many have actually fallen away from their relationship with God because they were so consumed with making more money. When you start changing, when you start becoming dishonest for gain, when you start stepping on other people to get the promotion, when all of that starts happening, that's the love and the lust of money and it's consuming you. And that's exactly who James is addressing here. And know this, you don't have to be a millionaire again to covet and hoard money. You can make minimum wage and be guilty. I remember uh, this one young man, it stood out because the Lord kind of made a little object lesson with him. But I was a high school pastor for 15 years at Harvest Christian Fellowship. In that time, I did 29 high school camps. Those camps would cost anywhere from 110 to like 180 bucks, depending on what camp it was, summer, you know, winter camp and what have you. And in my 15 years, to my knowledge, not one high school kid never went to camp because they couldn't afford it. Never. We always made a way for everybody to go. And these weren't small camps. These camps were four or 500 kids. I mean, it was a lot of kids. I mean, we, won, we had like 550 on this one camp and they, they wrote down to Harvest and, and sent them an email. You have to slow this guy down. He's bringing too many people to the camp. And so they got, I had a meeting with all the uppity ups at Harvest. It's like, you're bringing too many kids to camp. Shoot me already. Okay, it's like, geez. But anyway, nobody not went to camp because of money. And so I would get there close to the, you know, camp and like it's the last Wednesday night study before camp. How many kids here want to go to camp but you can't afford it? And all these hands would go, meet me afterwards. And they would come up to me and I'd go to one kid. It's like, well, 
you know, the camp's 160 bucks. How much can you afford? It's like, well, my parents can pay like, you know, half of that. It's like, okay, then you're paying half. You're paying 80 bucks. How much? Well, we can pay 100. Okay, you're paying 100. Everybody went to camp. And that's why, you know, I was a very good steward of the money that was shuffled through me as a high school pastor. And we always made sure that we had money for kids to go to camp. So they all went to camp. But this one kid, he comes up and he goes, he goes, well, I can afford the whole thing. I just don't have it right now. Uh, I can give, you know, like $60 now and $100 later. I'm like, okay, well, then great. Pay the 60 bucks now and, you know, he goes, I go, how much time do you need for the 100? He goes, oh, just like a week after camp. I'm like, okay, then pay me 100 bucks a week after camp. And he's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, I just started, you know, and I don't forget things. <laughs> it's like, well, sometimes I forget a name, but, oh, I don't forget money, okay? And so, so I would see that kid, and he would look at me, and he'd be like, out the door, you know? And I mean, this is going on for like three months, three months. And that kid, every time I look at me, out the door, you know? He's like, Mr. F-, you know, exit, stage left. So finally, I caught him like three months later, hey, you owe me a hundred bucks. Look, if the kid didn't have it, I wouldn't have got anything, but it's just, he said, and I, and I said, you, he goes, I know pastor, I've been avoiding you. I just, I wanted to hoard it for myself, you know, and he pulls out his wallet for it and he opens up. I don't know where this kid got his money. I'm thinking, wallet was stuffed with money. He pulls out a hundred dollar bill, gives it to me. I'm like, oh, that's right. You're paying. Okay. It's like, but, it, but it's just like, I mean, but you know, if you, it, no matter who you are, you can hoard money. Let's not forget that everything that exists, it all belongs to the Lord, does it not? Okay. If Psalm 50 verse 10 says, for every beast of the forest is mine, says the Lord. And the cattle on a thousand hills are mine, God says. I remember when we bought this building, we had to, we stripped it down to four walls and a roof. It needed everything. It needed a new roof. It needed everything. Do you know that every inch of wire, look at all the conduit that's up here in the ceilings and everything. There's a miles of wire in this building. All the wire that's hooking all this stuff up back to the soundboard. I mean, there is just wire and plumbing. Everything is brand new. So when we started the build out of this thing it's like we didn't have any money i mean we started to build out with no money and it was a 1.8 million dollar build out and we're like i don't know how we're going to get this but we can't move in until it's all built out we can't get a occupancy permit and and so then the lord just he just started providing and i'm just like lord your bio your word says that the cattle on a thousand hills are yours can you send a bunch of them to the meat market and send the prophets over here, and he did. <laughs> and that's how we finished the building. But God was so good. We're told in Colossians 1.16, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things have been created by him and for him. See, the world has forgotten that. The world thinks, oh, we're all on our own. We make our own decisions. Uh, Not so much. Job made it very clear who we belong to, every human. Job 33, 6 says, behold, I belong to God like you. I too have been formed out of the clay. Isn't it amazing how, you know, it's like the Bible says that God formed Adam out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into him. And then what happens when we die? We decompose and go back what? You lay a body out in the middle of the desert, it just goes right back into the dirt and just completely decomposes again, right back to where it came from. Yes, all of our hearts, they beat with no batteries inside because God created us. You don't go home like you, and plug yourself into a Tesla charger. You're like, I got to put myself up again. You know, we go home, we, you know, we take our phones, we plug them in, we recharge this, recharge that, our tablets, this, that, and everything, but not us. We are created by God. 
and he causes us to breathe and our heart to beat. And understand there is a reason why we all exist. There's a purpose why we all exist. And what is that? Well, first and foremost, we were created to know and worship our maker. That's why during the worship time here, we were worshiping. We were singing hallelujah. We were glorifying God. We were created to worship our maker. Think about that just for a moment. There's this God in heaven. And not only did he create us, but he wants to personally know us. How radical of a thought is that? We can know the creator of the universe. It's so different from what many other religions have taught. But with this great revelation comes great responsibility. And part of that responsibility is being a good steward of everything that we have. We are to be stewards of the life that has been granted to us. We are to reach out and touch all humanity with the love of Christ. That's all the time we have for this message. Join us next time for part two. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Court Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Court Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Court Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at courtchurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.